actually like. Uh, today we actually have a very special episode for a few reasons. First off, we have our first live audience. Um, <laughs> 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 we're just chilling in the living room, and um, I'm happy. This is a very homey place, and I, you know, I think that sort of adds to the ambiance. Not only the fountain in the background, but then also your roommates are just chilling on the couch. <laughs> um, so, hello. You are? Hello, I am Caroline Dykes. Um, I'm a good friend of Patrick's. We've worked together for a while, and I was very happy to be invited to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to have you because you have a very particular set of skills. You're not, I don't know why I'm doing the taken dialogue here, but like, you, you're very gifted with some things. And so I, before we start with the actual discussion of like what it's actually like to be you, <laughs> which is going to be enthralling. Um, <laughs> I have some a few questions just to start us off here. So, again, usually I used to in the last season have a whole bunch of just like numbered questions. I would come into work actually, yeah. and then ask. Um, however, for you in particular, I think I remember something. I just want to clarify, like true or false. You are a big rock and roll like eighties. Yes, fan. rock. Um, I'll listen to eighties, but definitely. A lot of early 2000s I like, mm -hmm. um, but yes, big, big rock fan. Okay, so my question to you, if you walked into a room and had to be accompanied, like a, a comfy, oh my gosh, accompanied, yeah. is that the word? Yes. You're smarter than me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you have to be accompanied by a song, what would uh, it be? Oh, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. Anytime, I mean, I always answer that as like my favorite song. It's a great song, but also I think the thing I like about rock is I feel like it's intended to be listened to like loud, loudly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I could see like in a movie that playing behind somebody and then walking into a room and I feel like that would be a very cool moment. So definitely don't look back in anger by Oasis. Okay. Again, if I have the live audience, I'm going to ask, are y'all fine if, <laughs> if she walks into a room and it's just rock playing? With rock playing? Yes. Sometimes they get in my car and there's rock playing. So sim <laughs> similar, similar vibe. Okay. Similar to big personality. One of the things that I remember, another thing I actually know for sure, was that we worked on Halloween together. We worked an yes. event. Uh, it was a movie night, but we were just there to make sure like no one died. Yeah. Out, whatever. Yes. Do you have, from your childhood, any bad Halloween costumes, like? Any, any in mind? Yeah. Uh, so when I was younger, when I did not have control over what I wore, um, <laughs> my parents would always dress me up in like very cute things. I think I was a pumpkin one year, a bumblebee the other. Which is very rock and roll. Yes, <laughs> nat naturally. But this isn't, and then, you know, once I, you know, had a little bit of my own mind to choose what I wanted to wear for Halloween, I think for like 10, 12 years straight, I was a witch. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I may have even worn like the same costume over and over again, but well. I wouldn't say that's a bad costume, but no. definitely something that sticks out is the fact that I was literally just a witch for years on end. And I think I might be one this year as well. So. <laughs> it's coming up. It is, I'm yes. excited. We had fake fall last week where mm. it was like 60 degrees outside, you mm. know? Yes. And yes. now it's 90 again next week, so. Yeah, it goes back and forth a little bit, but yeah. it does. It's kind of like a tease. Like it makes you excited for fall. You look. I feel like you look forward to it even more because you know it's coming. Because it's like, oh yeah, this yeah. is gonna be nice. 
I got a, I got a, they, I mean, they already brought out the pumpkin spice everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. I have yet to indulge, too. No. Really? I no, I haven't had, I haven't had anything um, pumpkin spice that I can remember, but, you know, maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a uh, pumpkin spice Oreo. Interesting. I also saw a cookies and cream Oreo, mm. which I don't know if you are seeing where I'm going with this, but cookies and cream is, is, is just an Oreo. Right. It's yes. just an yes. Oreo. Yes. So it's an Oreo flavored Oreo. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if it's just like extra Oreo. Did you, did you eat it or did you, no, I was just, you just saw it and you were like, yeah. oh, the irony. I, yeah. It was just upsetting to me. It, it is a little bit upsetting. Yeah. I thought it was good. Just double sure. Oreo. Oreo on steroids. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think they care. They definitely didn't come to listen to me talk about Oreos. They came to see what you got going on because you have a lot of cool things and I wanted to touch base on and just chat with you about. So, first off, yes, civil engineer major. Yes. yes. I always like to ask this just because as a past engineer, I know there's beef. Yes. Is your engineering the hardest? Absolutely not. <laughs> You're willing to admit that, that I am other willing... engineers have it harder. Yes, yes, because the thing about, you know, it is still difficult. Like, I'm not discrediting the major and mm -hmm. its difficulty. Um, and there are certain classes that all engineers have to take. So, you know, there is kind of like a leveling field. But when you get more into civil engineering, it's a lot of... Um, like real world things like you're building buildings or you're dealing yeah. with like construction like things that you can tangibly like hold on to or look at um and i think that is very easy to comprehend and like the concept is just it makes more sense because you can visualize it but i will say there are other engineering um degrees where like chemical for example you don't know what's going on inside an atom yeah. inside chemicals it's very like you can look at data for it but like the theoretical of all of it i think makes it very difficult so i will say i do not think it is the most difficult but it is still I, very difficult i think there's a lot more pressure on y'all though yes oh yes yes um i would agree with that because people will say like oh that's the easiest engineering and even if they think that it's still not easy yeah, yeah. it's not easy Definitely still difficult, but not the most difficult. Okay. What is an average day looking like for you then as a civil engineer? That's a good question. I do, I, I have, um, so I'm taking like 12 hours right now, 12 credit hours, mm -hmm. um, kind of the bare minimum, and still it's just like nonstop. So I'll, you know, I wake up, I go to class, I have 8 a.m.s most days. Um, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. And so I get there and, you know, at 8 a.m. every morning, I get to learn how to build buildings, which I think is super cool, but not the greatest way to start your day, I don't think. But I'll go um, go to all my civil classes. I'm in Tickle, um, the Tickle building for every single one of them. Um, one thing that's really nice about my major is it is smaller and everyone kind of has to take the same classes. So I know everyone in my classes, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, and so I go in a lot of group work. Um, always learning stuff <laughs> always yeah. learning hard concepts um most classes are like lecture styled but it's also at 8 a.m though which yeah i feel like that's a dangerous combo it if is it's like serious like it oh is. we don't we gotta talk about these trusses or yep. this building's gonna collapse yeah and you're like falling asleep mm -hmm. didn't get your pumpkin spice latte yet <laughs> you know yeah exactly no they're they're telling us about you know 
factor of safety and, you mm -hmm. know, design safety, you know, things. And I'm sitting there and I'm, all I can think about is, man, you know, I went to bed really late last night. <laughs> I cannot even focus on anything, let alone how to keep a building afloat. So um, definitely gets difficult to kind of, yeah. you know, zone in on what you're doing because it is important. And, you know, civil engineering does deal with the public and public safety and, um, so it's important to remember things and actually pay attention in class, but sometimes it is difficult. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure though, you said it's the smallest major. I'm not sure if that's the same at every university or not. Sorry. Wait. It's no. a, it's just a smaller Cohort. one. Um, there's probably 60 people in my like graduating class uh -huh. in civil. So it's enough where everyone is in the same classroom, yeah. um, which makes it small, at least compared to maybe like Haslam or another very large, other very large majors or colleges. Do you think that makes it easier or harder because you can't like just be sleeping in the back? That's a good, that is a good point. I, um, I think there's pressure because the people, um, know you and chances mm -hmm. are you've had the teachers already in other classes. Um, so you can't really slack off, but it also makes it easier because you do know everyone and everyone right. is a great resource and it makes you want to show up to class. So yeah. having people, you know, is very nice. From my own experience, I always ask the, what's the what's the hardest engineering? It's because y'all are really competitive. They uh, yes um, yes. Do you feel like your group, since it is smaller, like the sixty of y'all are like, oh no, we're trying to we're trying to have everyone succeed, or is it like no no no, I got to beat this person out for a project? Like, I think you know it, it depends on the person. I think as a whole, or at least okay. So coming from me, I have gotten to know the people in my classes very well and so I do enjoy watching them succeed but there's always you know everyone talks about oh you need to get a co-op you need to get an internship yeah. um, and I think that you know there's a little bit of like imposter syndrome that comes with that mm -hmm. you watch other people do so well and come up with these ideas that you never would have thought of and execute things very well so I think there is a little bit of competitiveness just in the sense where like you're comparing yourself to other people yeah do you mind talking about imposter syndrome real fast? Because oh, yeah. it's something I I deal with quite a bit and also talk about a lot, but I don't think we've covered yet on the show, so. Oh yeah, I'm glad to talk about it. Um, freshman year, it was definitely very, you know, overwhelming. Um, and you're in classes with all types of engineering majors. Yeah. And you have like people in computer science engineering who are just, you know, Absolute, I've seen the stuff they can do. It's crazy. It's insane. And that is not my area of expertise. And so you're in groups with all these people and you watch like how intelligent people are and how they're able to like think of things and be innovative. Um, and sometimes, you know, I would feel a lot of the times like, especially being on Zoom too. Right. And not being able to like be in person to apply, <clears throat> be, be in person to apply a lot of things. From my understanding, imposter syndrome is the belief that you've somehow just ended up where you're at. Oh, yes. It's not on skill. Yes. You're, everyone's going to figure out you're an imposter soon. Yes. And that no matter, like, what you're doing, something's about, like, someone's about to find out that yes. you're a fraud and yes. that you're stupid somehow yes. and that everything you've gotten is fake. Yes, um, yes. And I definitely, like, yes, freshman year going into college and um, – you know, I did well in high school and I took like AP classes and I took dual enrollment and I made good grades. Um, but especially from my high school, there weren't many people who were interested in the STEM field. Um, a lot of people do go to trade school or 
they'll be interested in business or other things. Um, and so, yes, I felt like I had proved myself in high school and I was uh -huh. like, compared to the people I was going to school with, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I belong. But then when you get here and everyone has that mindset of like, oh, I did great in high school. Um, STEM is where I need to be. Uh, it definitely like catches up to you. Yeah. Um, and you sit there and you're like, oh, do I just think I was doing well because I was in my own head or whatever. And so freshman year definitely felt that a lot. And I kept waiting for like the other shoe to drop and me be like, oh, I need to change my major. Because so many people do switch out of engineering. Yeah. And I was like, it's going to happen to me. I'm not going to be able to keep up. This is impossible. Um, but over time, it's gotten so much better because I have had moments where I've been able to like prove myself, whether that's been like a really great project or a really great assignment or just even validation from my peers or my professors. Mm -hmm. um, it has definitely gotten so much better. And I like I love what I do and I know that I'm good at it. Yeah. So I, it's gotten so much better, but it definitely is very difficult freshman year. What do you tell yourself in that situation? It's again, 8 a.m. Yes. <laughs> you're waking up and you're going, I got another hard day, mm -hmm. serious stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling like the best right mm -hmm. now. What, what are you telling yourself to get out of bed and stick being an engineer? Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely difficult because I think college in general is just draining. And then mm -hmm. also, you know, the nature of my major is just very draining as well. Um, but I think something that gets me through is knowing how much I enjoy it. Right. And like I can envision myself in five, 10 years, you know, building buildings for a lack of, you know, just for a phrase to throw in there. But um, I can just picture myself doing it. And I know that I'm not just doing it so that I can say like, oh yeah, I'm an engineering major. I have, I'm gonna be a professional engineer one day. Um, I enjoy it. And I find that like when I walk from, walk anywhere, I walk to class. So when I'm walking to class, I notice things about buildings. I right. notice things, the, the things that stick out to me are the things that I'm learning in class. And so just reminding myself that this is what I wanna do. This is what I love. Even mm -hmm. if it's difficult, like you push through so that you can achieve those things. So you're taking the, it might not be the most enjoyable, but these A, B, and C things, I'm seeing it around me. I care about it. I know I can do it. And though it sucks right now, one day yeah. I'll be making that impact. Yes, and I think uh, definitely. And for me, why I, a big reason of like why I'm interested in civil engineering is because it's the built world around you. Uh -huh. um, everyone is in at least one building every day of their lives. And yeah. so I think uh, it's very interesting how, you know, concrete and steel can build something where people can congregate and like achieve great things and have great memories and stuff like that. So I just try and remember that because I want to provide that for people. Yeah. And you are in this really sentimental, like caring thought right now. <laughs> and my mind is going to, I wonder if she thinks there's more Thors or more wheels in the world right Ooh. now. This debate, I don't know why. What a good question. I think there's got to be more wheels. I really do. I'm a door guy. You're a door guy? I'm a door guy. I haven't looked it up, but I, you're probably right. I haven't looked it up either, so this is just going off of my own you know, perception and judgment. But what is, what is your reason for doors? My reasoning is like every skyscraper. Yes building has to have you know tons of doors every security place every 
car because my mind my, 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 my mind went to oh there's more wheels at first because mm-hmm. cars and then I said wait a second mm-hmm. every car's gotta have at least two doors yeah and so I, I really don't know I think I think it would be interesting and I, I hope I don't know if anybody will ever be able to like calculate that but I think it would be very interesting to see how it was laid out yeah but my, my mindset is like oftentimes wheel like wheels can be very small right think about like shopping carts uh-huh. or think about you know manufacturing facilities where they're using like conveyor belts uh-huh. that have wheels they add up. and so it's kind of like if you compare it to animals uh-huh. so you know horses sure there's a lot of horses but if you look at ants which are much smaller and are in places as that you're not looking as many ants people yes they could exactly. overtake us if they want exactly they absolutely could <laughs> those ant hills i'm sure they're plotting in there oh, but wow. that's why that is why that is why i think wheels because they're like you can go unseen uh-huh. there's more than we and think and they just add up yeah 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 i like that <laughs> <laughs> i'll i was gonna say I, I know i'm talking to more civil engineers later in the season so I'm gonna ask them, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make note that you said wheels. That I said wheels. Uh huh. See what everybody else thinks. I think it's fair. I think you need to ask other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of that this summer, though. You've been talking to a lot of people. Yeah. Hanging out with a lot of people. Yeah. Making small chit chat. I doubt you were asking wheels and doors. <laughs> um, I was not. <laughs> no, but you are. You had a very special role this past summer, as recruiting yes in a sorority correct yes yes this is correct this is correct Um, so technically my position title um, I was on the recruitment team and my position title was recruitment data coordinator okay Um, so I dealt with the numbers during recruitment that sounds insanely stressful yeah like once again the largest incoming class in history the largest pledge class I'm assuming as well yes and then you have to deal with the numbers for the entire sorority or just the entire rush? What is Just the entire rush. Um, so of the 2,100 women that came through, it was like looking at, you know, resumes and like what all they were involved in in high school or what they were involved in in college if they yeah. weren't incoming freshmen. Um, so looking at all that data and um, then like going through and calculating like seeing which which women are coming back each round and like just keeping track of all of these women so that you know we know what to do and who's coming through and everything um very stressful though it was definitely like sunrise to sunset every day Mm -hmm. um and just the sheer like magnitude the sheer number of women coming through is what made it so incredibly stressful because it's a lot it's a lot easier to keep track of 50 people but when you're looking at 2100 and those numbers are changing every single day, things get a little bit messy in your head. So and I think people would be overwhelmed with 50. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 50 is still no, not a small number. And like every person, here's the thing too. Every single person, every single woman who is coming through has a whole history like they're they're an individual it's uh-huh. not like you're looking not at just a number no it's not just a number there are like people behind those names and those are all things you have to consider and like it's very difficult to keep track of that and also you want to make sure that you're getting to know everybody to your fullest capability in the 15 minutes that you get to talk to them or like looking at their resume or whatever it is um so that's also difficult because you want to make sure that like the people coming through belong belong there right um i think 
that is already insane that you had to do that. Mm -hmm. And it is literally, you said sunrise to sunset. Yes. I know the Gamma Kai's were there at like five. Yes. Until, because yes. they had to sneak everyone in because yeah. there are insane rules that I can't even fathom to comprehend. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is, it was an all day thing. Mm -hmm. And so you had to stay on your game number-wise as well, not just like socially, which is already also terribly hard. Yes. I don't know if anyone is doing anything socially all day, just talking to people, hi, how are you doing, keep it going, you know, mm -hmm. that's not an easy task either. It's incredibly difficult and, you know, I did that the year before. Um, I During recruitment, I talked to women all day long and that's very difficult because you are talking to multiple people and you want to give them like you know your best attention and you want to make sure they feel heard and seen and enjoy like right. the house that they're coming into um, and sometimes that's hard when you're really tired and you've been talking to 15 mm -hmm. uh, people the entire day so definitely very difficult and our audience actually um, recruited this year and talked to women so they got to see the 2100 women come through and actually get to talk to them. Unfortunately, I would have loved to talk to them, but I did just get to see their numbers and their resumes. So yeah. definitely very difficult though. Is there one thing you think on paper? Because here's the thing, I also just did a whole bunch of interviews with everyone being the best of their high school. They're, they're the, the smartest, they were the most social, they were the whatever. Like, yes. is there like one thing that you're like, they have this trait, like I want them. Yes, that's and that's a you know that's a difficult question because well, everyone's involved in so work. much social work. <laughs> yes, um, and like genuinely, so many of the women coming through had like uh, great GPAs and were involved in so much in high school. Um, but for me and for our sorority, we value like ambition. That's mm -hmm. one of our biggest values that we look for in recruitment. So I think when I was looking at resumes, I was like okay, I want to see that they can, that they're like, not just doing the bare minimum, like, oh yeah, I was involved in this club, I was involved in this club, I was a general member, but like going out of your way to uh, hold a leadership position or being involved in things outside of your general vicinity, like not just school things, like mm -hmm. go out in the community and participate and like help people who you don't know and yeah. like get to know people who you don't know. So I think anything that's like pushing you out of your comfort zone or if it seems that way, that sticks out to me, absolutely. Could you define ambition? Ambition. For the squad, I know. Um, <laughs> it's a loaded word, because ambition is different for everybody, but I think just genuinely, ambition to me is doing everything you can to achieve the most that you think you're capable of and that you would like to do. And that it means like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and <laughs> doing things that aren't easy and so for me ambition is gritty and it's like you say gritty i did say I gritty, gritty. Right. i've been using the word grit a lot it's lately it's, amazing. <laughs> it's a great word but it, it does like i really do think like you have to push through some things and you have to do things you don't want to but yeah. in order to get to the place where you want to be you have to make like big decisions you have to be an adult yeah if you want to grab some water, audience, how did she do with the definition of ambition? I think it came out pretty good, honestly. Um, I mean, being a part of the same sorority as she is, um, I think 
when you look for ambition, you just look for a woman who is a go-getter, for sure. I mean, there's more to what Caroline is saying, but just tries hard in everything that she does, whether that's school-related or um, being involved in clubs and other things like that. I think just working hard and enjoying that work ethic, I guess. Yeah. I think ambition is different depending on the person. Not everyone's ambitious in school, but I think AOPI really values, you know, different types of ambition, um, whether like it's school or clubs or something completely unrelated that you couldn't put on a resume. There's so many things you can be ambitious about that, like, don't necessarily get... Structured on the page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also, I'm being a terrible person because you guys are trying to do homework. <laughs> and I keep just being like, hey, no. what's grit? Like, what are you? <laughs> They're no. ambitious. They're doing their homework. They are. I'm ambitiously <laughs> playing a game on my phone now. So <laughs> homework, so. You got games on your phone? <laughs> I do. <laughs> anyway. This episode of Actually Likes Charity Shout Out belongs to the Parkinson's Foundation, which Caroline, I believe, is very important to you. Do you want to give a few words of wisdom? Yes. So um, the Parkinson's, Parkinson's Foundation is important to me because my granddad has Parkinson's, um, and he had very severe Parkinson's, and so did his mother. And so watching somebody go from being completely mobile to having to have help with certain things, mm -hmm. like everyday tasks, is um kind of heartbreaking to watch and so I think it's really important for people to be able to have the resources to you know get help with that mm -hmm. um, and my grandfather passed away last week so um, at his funeral all the flowers and any donations or gifts we redirected to the Parkinson's Foundation so if you're interested in donating www.parkinsonsfoundation.org yes thank you all love grit love ambition <laughs> um, Sort of tying everything together now there's got to be an overlap either from a statistical brain that allows you to be both an engineer and like look at all the numbers or an overlap from like oh like I see these doesn't bother me like I've dealt with worse I can do this I got the grit like what do you think is the, the connection between you as an engineer and like your past role I think so like you said having like a statistical mind um, you know, I think that comes pretty straightforward in engineering. Um, always like having questions and needing answers and finding solutions. That's like the nature of my major. Um, and so I, that's definitely, you can see that applied in all of my classes. But when it comes to recruitment and it comes to my sorority, I think it's similar. Um, I know like I did hold like a literal data position during recruitment, but even outside of that, um, I think my nature of just wanting to know everything I can about a situation or a person or a mm -hmm. thing um, definitely parallels into my sorority and like my social life through that. So every time I meet somebody, I you know I want to know everything that I can. I'm like, hey, tell me about yourself. Um, I want to figure out why they are the way they are and like what led them to be the person they are today. Um, and so I think that's kind of where my parallel is, is always questioning and yeah. always wondering. And I think, and this is a very interesting spot because there's a stigma for engineers that they just don't know anything about people. Yes. And they just can't read them and like 
but for you in your role not only like not only that but just also you as a person it's like it's very similar mm-hmm. like there's this bridge it's got all these facets to it it's awesome how can we like make it better you look at people and it's like okay they also have the all these incredible things they have all these things going on like what makes it stand what's its foundation to mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just something that shows just something about you as well yeah I think it I think it is interesting because there is that stigma like you said and so um, and I have seen that some. There are people who are just like more reserved, and you can absolutely be more reserved. That doesn't mean you're not sociable or whatever. Right. But in my classes, um, sometimes there are people who don't speak up very often, and that's perfectly okay. But then I'll like meet somebody like that, and I'll talk to them and be like, uh-huh. "Hey, I want to know about you and stuff like that." And so I think sometimes it does take people um, off guard in my classes or anywhere else. Um, because maybe it isn't the norm in my area of um, study to just like want to get to know everything about somebody and yeah. talk to them about stuff outside of school. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this just before our actual podcast started because you have some really nice quotes on the show. <laughs> um, selling yourself both why your idea is better, more cost effective, more mm-hmm. environmentally friendly. And also like, oh, you should join us. Like, mm-hmm. you have to do you have to do a lot of persuasion. Yes. What do you think is a, a tip you can give either engineers or people out there who are just like, I want like not everyone has to be a business major to like know persuasion skills and like how to present themselves. Like everyone's got to sell themselves in some way, either for a job or something. So what do you what are your tips and tricks here? Um. I think my tips for persuasion is honestly just being genuine about what you're talking about. Um, For the most part, you know, everyone, I think things get like advertised a lot and people are just the nature of society. People are, whether it's a commercial or it's an ad or it's whatever, people are always like, ah, they're just trying to get me to do something Uh or, oh, I want to make my own decisions. And you want to let people like have the power to make their own decisions and make them feel that like you're not just trying to like trick them or scheme them into anything um, in regards to like getting them to join a sorority or whatever uh-huh. and this is a very extreme situation but um, I think just being genuine and like for me personally whatever it is if I'm trying to persuade somebody about something um, I'm only ever going to do that if I'm genuinely have positive things to say about whatever it is I'm discussing Um, and so I think pushing yourself to be invested in what you do and Uh be involved in things for the right reasons and your own personal reasons uh, definitely helps in persuading and relaying how good something can be to somebody else so that is my art of persuasion is just being genuine and being honest there was a so when, when I was still engineer in high school and a little bit in college. I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't try a little, I tried. Um, one of the things that they did was, it was like an improv thing mm-hmm. where they there was like a list of random names and then there was like a product. And you had to like come up with a solution using the name and like elevator pitch sell it. Okay. Um, and I think you one would be good at it just because of who you are but like there's a lot of ties between like engineering and leadership as well 
Yeah. Um, you know, the, the stigma that they know personal skills. Engineers have a whole bunch of like leadership skills mm -hmm. that I think just looks different for people. Yeah. I think everyone expects a leader to be super extroverted all the time, someone who looks like me. But I value much more like an introverted leader because they are listening more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just wonder, do you think there's any ties between leadership, engineering, and even like things you were just doing over the summer in a leadership role? Um, I think that's a good question, and I like that you said that you know, leadership looks different maybe for engineering majors um, because I absolutely think they have the tools to be a great leader. But like you said, sometimes if you're not the most extroverted or like willing to, you know, say, oh, I want to do it, um, sometimes it's not as obvious that they would be a good yeah. leader. But I like personally, I think being a good leader is just being open to being curious and understanding what your audience needs from you. Um, and I think that's kind of the big relation between everything is sure. like in my sorority, like just being passionate in what you're doing so that you are genuinely curious about what your audience needs. Um, and so in engineering, for me, that looks like hearing people out and valuing their opinion and trying different solutions and being open to other trains of thought and things like that. Um, and I think it, you know, it looks the same when I was recruiting is, you know, these incoming women, like looking for something and wanting to understand them, but also appreciating if they did have differences or differences of opinions and being like, oh, are they, you know, what is the, what is the overall picture here is it's not that they have different ideas from you and you're different people. It's like, how do those come together? And so I think in any leadership dynamic, that's very important is like meeting in the middle. Um, and I've found that in, you know, my sorority in engineering and also in um, my job at yeah. the T-Rex as a supervisor. So, because mm -hmm. everyone's different. Everyone is different. Yeah. And um, relating to those strengths, I think is one of the, the most important things. Because I was talking to um, my good friend Massimo over the summer, and he's also a civil engineer. And back at home in you know near Chicago, he he had things where it was like. A hierarchy it was like a project manager and then there was like a dude underneath another mm -hmm. dude underneath a dude that like would tell Mossman what to do mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if that's the same across the country I'm not sure if that's the same and like all if you if you've even done your your uh, internship yet and had some experience with that I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a senior more of a senior thing right? yes that would be a next summer thing for me okay. <laughs> so um, but there there is hierarchies in engineering and like absolutely and I think you know a lot of times in engineering what I've seen and what I've heard from my friends who have had internships and have had co-ops is that hierarchy is usually based off of experience and um, who like who can answer what questions or who's, uh -huh. who's in charge of what um, but I think in a hierarchy like that things get lost in translation mm -hmm. and that interpersonal aspect gets lost as well. And so I think um, regardless of what kind of position you have, making sure that everyone you work with, you have communication with them if you're able to do that and also just like making sure that everyone's voice gets heard. Yeah. Definitely one of your top strengths and I'm glad you, you utilize it a lot because you have a lot of important things to say and it's like you know you want to make sure everyone's being heard as well um 
I'm gonna do a quick rapid fire, just yeah. little last bit of questions just to end it up for you. Does that sound okay? Yes, awesome. Okay, so firstly, someone going through imposter syndrome for Rush. Yes. What are you telling to them? What are you, what do you think they should tell themselves? What, what do you think is going on when you're being compared in, in like such a way? That's a great question because most people don't talk about imposter syndrome in regards to recruitment at least. Um, I think going in and just knowing who you are and what you're looking for um, is very important and I think that kind of helps you if you are comparing yourself to other people just realizing people are different. Just mm -hmm. be just be confident and true in yourself and I think that will carry you very far. Okay next question here. Do you have any book recommendations for the squad at home? Ooh, that's a great question. We were talking about this before the podcast. Um, but so I, I have a couple of different ones. I'm a big reader. Um, I think one that is kind of fun is it's kind of like a self-help book, but it's called um, How to Persuade a Cat. Um, Which is what yes, the chat started yes. from. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about earlier. But um, great book. Definitely recommend that one. And I can't remember who it's by. But the other one, Google. There, yeah, you I all can Google, Google it. Yeah. I have faith in you all. Um, and then the other one is <clears throat> a um, trilogy, and it's in the sci-fi fantasy realm, and it's by C.S. Lewis, and it's called the Silent Planet trilogy. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Very good. I'm blanking. I had another <laughs> one. I'm very sorry because this has been a pretty good chat, and I feel bad because I like there's so many different things I want to ask you but I am just blanking right now. So I'm gonna thank you for your time. Um, there's a lot of actually likes in there. That's what it's actually like being a civil mm -hmm. engineer. That's what mm -hmm. it's actually like going through Rush a little bit. That's mm -hmm. what it's actually like being someone in you know merging the worlds. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, that's a world that's not often talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, the, inter the connection of like women engineers mm -hmm. and sorority. Um, so I think it's pretty powerful that you're here talking to us. And I wanna thank mm -hmm. you for that. Um, anything else you want to shout out before we close up here? Nothing that I can think of, but I would like to say thank you um, for having me. And yeah, your podcasts are always great. So I appreciate you talking to me and wanting to talk to me and valuing what I say. Because yeah. I also value what Patrick has to say that's, quite a lot. Which is, that's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know I have this podcast, but I just want to hear for, like all the amazing stuff y'all are doing. So I want to thank you again. Um, if I remember the questions, I might have you on again because I, I was going to write them down, but you know what? It's fine. So, um, I would love to come back on whenever, okay. if you ever want me back on, I would be happy to make another appearance. Okay. Well, thank you once again. Have a good day. And uh, that's what it's actually like being Caroline Dykes.